Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Myrtle. One Riggs. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Ravi Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional arts and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. So the 151. I don't know if that was a Danny Glover, uh, yeah, Danny Glover no, Mel, impression Mel, or it, not. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. It. Oh, I've never seen all of any lethal weapon movie so one and two i think are worth watching mm-hmm. so guys they don't they don't, ha- they don't have the predator in them so they don't, don't have the predator so in them. yeah it's unfortunate there's no predator predator, predator 2 did have danny glover it, it in does it, have danny glover that was the crossover event we were all waiting for lethal weapon slash predator mm-hmm. hey handsome mites you're listening to lethal weapon talk we never did do our Predator podcast. No, I'm, I'm still up for it. Uh, we are discussing Transmetropolitan, the first three volumes in Nerbo Book Club later on. Uh, before we get to that, though, we have comics that uh, came out this very week to talk about, Eric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to hear. Excitement. Deliciousness. Right? Of course. It is time for Wheelie Floppies. <laughs> Weekly Flop is, is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about selection of this week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved, depending on how mushy we feel about a comic book. We can feel mushy from time to time. Mm-hmm. It can give us those feelings. Yeah, like if we're, you know, like maybe we like it, but we're a little mushy. Or we, you know, I, I, we don't generally use the mush meter when it's a do not buy. I think that is a clear no. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but if it's a buy, you may be a little mushy on that buy. First up, Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. It is Captain America, Steve Rogers, number two, written by Nick Spencer, art by Jesus Sayez, letters, Joe Carrigmagna. Uh, so, Eric. Robbie. After one whole month of suspense about if Captain America, Steve Rogers has totally changed the history of Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. And now he was been a Hydra agent the entire time. We should all be very angry about that. We learn that, of course, he wasn't and hasn't been. That it is all because of that terribly named character named Kobik, the Cosmic Cube Girl, mm-hmm. who's actually a red. She's a Red Skull's friend, and Red Skull had her basically rewrite Steve Rogers' memories, mm-hmm. so that he thinks that he is the a great soldier for Great Hydra. What are so your I, What are your feelings? Well, it, it was It was his memories that was rewritten. I thought it was his past that was rewritten. No, just his memories. The the, ah. the same things have happened, but he remembers. Uh, I you know yes, being he remembers what we saw. Yes, and he remembers, and he sees Hydra like as a a, a force for good. Her the childhood like that book version of Hydra. Mm-hmm. Um. So, obviously, I think both of us are not surprised by that this is not, of course, the real thing that actually happened. Of course, it's a comic book thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, I've already seen 
there was a huge ba- thing about it this week, even about people quickly going, "Oh, they're just reversing course because people were angry." Yeah. Like, no, and no way has this been planned out for weeks. Months, yeah, it, it doesn't take months to make a time. comic book. No, yeah, the art can artists can just like redraw an entire comic book and they can reletter it and recolor it mm-hmm. just because people were upset. No, do you like the way they went with this? I was expecting something a little different, but I don't. I don't mind this. Um, I like this weird thing with Kobik and Red Skull, and it's it's creepy. It you is. Know, it's it's it feels very spooky and dangerous. Like I'm, I don't know. There's there's things about this that do excite me. I think really my feeling based on issue one has not changed much. Um, I don't know this this. This issue's not as monumental for me as it might be for other people. Right. Because we basically knew it was going to do this. This is just sort of a foregone conclusion. So I'm just sort of, okay. I, 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 I think I, I concur that I still like this and I'm still mm-hmm. definitely on board. I, I'm interested. I, I do think I, I wish that they held this off and we just got more Steve Rogers being a Hydra guy and there's no explanation so people were consi- I like I yes I'd rather have this later but it doesn't really change anything um I I am still interested in Steve Rogers as secret Hydra guy with mm-hmm. Manchurian candidate Hydra mm-hmm. um agent and I there I like really like this Red Skull he is mm-hmm. very creepy um very super villainous you know he's not like He's different than the Brubaker Red Skull, which is who was much more like pragmatic in a certain way. He just wanted to like he just wanted Captain America dead. And this is much more like ha ha ha, like mustache twirling, which I am totally fine with. He's I I don't know that I would call it mustache twirling. Well the fact like that he has the opportunity here to kill. Yeah. And he doesn't. He just goes, No, I'm gonna instead. No, I I understand why you say mustache twirly i just think that i i don't know for me it's very effective like this in this issue and in the last one like i still get chills thinking about that that white white supremacist speech that he gave and just how plausible it sounds and just how convinced he is of the goodness and rightness of everything that he's doing i i mean Sure, he's got like that bad guy, like oh, I want him to grovel, but like the fact that he wants it to be—I don't know—it's really, it's very deep. It's it's very rich. This is like one of the best villains I've ever seen in fiction. It's remarkable. I like it so much. No, it's very good. <laughs> I like it. I like everything that's happening. I I'm a buy. No mush. Yeah, only dummies don't buy this book. Only dummies. If you have not bought this comic book, you are a dummy. Mm-hmm. Forever. It's true. Now, even if if you buy it later, it doesn't matter. For sure. So, like, 99.9% of the world's population, dummies. So, that's just me. I'm just saying what you said. No, that's, that's not the words that I said. I think you said those exact words. I think you're a white supremacist. That's not I've been very... reading this comic too much. I only read it 50 times. <laughs> that is a double buy on Captain America, Steve Rogers, number two. Next up is Black Panther, number three. Written, Tana Hesse Coates. Art, Brian Selfries. Colors, Laura Martin. Letters, Joe Sabino. Design, Manny Maderos. I am just still 
really impressed and, intri- and, and intrigued by this book. Mm. Uh, it's really, it is more than just balancing this, the central plot with Black Panther, with, Ch- with Chala himself. It's doing mm-hmm. a very good job with that, but it is also on top of that building, you know, building a, a world, building a Black Panther universe, you know, a world building exercise in, the allure that most people, even comic book fans, are not super familiar with, you mm-hmm. know? And obviously, you have Tahanasi Coates writing a comic book. You're going to get a lot of new people. And obviously, he's getting a lot more attention simply because he was in the Captain America Civil War movie. And he will have his own movie at a certain point. And this is kind of establishing everything about this character. And then having a guy who's never written a comic book before. Although, I'm sure Brian Selfridge has certainly helped him with the least the format, but it is still very impressive to me. Just how this, and how it's still interesting. You know, it's not like there, all those side subplots and stuff are, are really interesting and nuanced. You know, I, at least I, do you, do you get that? Eric? Get which? Nuance. Which is nuance. The nuance. Just the in, the, in the fact that it is not, like, I don't, the villain of this, Black Panther's villains, multiple, actually there's multiple, I should say, but I don't, they're, and, we, and I just t- talked about Red Skull being like this mustache twirling type, mm-hmm. but he is like, he is very big. These guys are much, they, they, you can understand their position. Like everyone is the hero of their own story kind of thing. And I feel like the villains in this aren't cartoonish. They are believable as like, they, we, I understand their position. I don't, and I, and I think the book is better for it. You still like it as much as I know we, you, we liked one hmm. too. Honestly, I enjoy it. This, it, I still, I still struggle with this book because I don't know what it is. Is I, I, I don't know. I don't really still understand. I've read all of them, and I'm still not really a hundred percent on what everyone's doing and really what's happening for what reason. And I just feel like I'm just. What it ca- feels like a lot of world building, and for some reason, I'm missing the plot ticket here. And I, I don't know. I feel like an imbecile reading this. What were, you, what were you? Conf- you're confused by anything in particular? Or is it just because the stuff at the beginning and the end, that stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Necess- I don't know where that fits in. In that's, general, that's kind of what I'm saying. As I feel, but I mean, like but everything I'm, else, I know. I, I but I just kind of go like, I'll understand it at some point. I just need to. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Is I feel like I'm being shown things with no connection to anything that I understand. Um, it feels like it's a lot of scenes and a lot of things that are happening, and I understand in the context of that scene what's going on, mm-hmm. but I just I don't understand the why. Great, I know the nothing big, of the, the history. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, I don't understand what's the shape of this story? Why are these people doing this or that? What What is... I, I, I don't know. To me, it, it, it's hard to parse, uh, the larger shape of the story. I mean, the broad strokes of, you know, who this character is and that, and, you know, Black Panther is, is, you know, king and he's like being contested and yeah. his, it's his sister that's the queen, which is strange. That's usually not the thing. No, well, she, she, well, they were not king and queen at the same time. Okay. That makes sense. He, he had ceded control of the, as king, he became king of the dead. Mm-hmm. That was the stuff that happened in Hickman's Avengers stuff. Um, she became queen and ruled, and then she has she got killed during mm-hmm. the 
the invasion by Thanos and all that stuff. So I was assuming that she was just put in stasis or something like that. Well, she is not tech. Well, she died, but she her spirit has not. She comic book died. She comic book died exactly, yeah. and now she is comic book limbo kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you know, the the little kind in folklore thing. She's she's some she's some MacGuffin off somewhere to be released at a part where it's really dramatic. Probably. Um, but everything else is, I, I, like, you have the, the two, uh, who were the, like, basically royal guard, mm-hmm. who ran away and are in exile, but they're, like, yes. they're kind of doing their own thing. Yes, the, then, I, 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 I got those two. And then um, the weird wizard, a sorcerer, magic guy who is mm-hmm. basically sees himself as a freedom fighter, and Black Panther is, sees him as a terrorist, and he's, because Black Panther did, you know, he was part of the Illuminati, and mm-hmm. because of the Illuminati, their Wakanda got flooded through the, you know, the Atlanteans flooded it, and although Black Panther, of course, was a, not involved with that, he is probably painted with the, those people because he was a part of that group. I think that's, I think that's basically just Coates trying to like include the recent history mm-hmm. of of all that stuff and make it. Cogent, at least, like naked, just not like hand wave it away. I'm sure he could have if he wanted to, but he probably just yeah. like what happened last, and we'll just kind of move on from there. But I don't like. I I feel like some of the stuff in the beginning with that sorcerer wizard guy are just is kind of like just to give a set dressing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, it, Wakanda is not a great place right now necessarily, and hence the maybe people would not be not be happy with the uh, Black Panther with Chala. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's, I, I think I'm, I am okay with just letting certain things not be concrete mm-hmm. for this book. Like, I, I'll forgive it for a few things where I go, I'm not sure what that is for. Yeah. But I just let it go because I feel like it so far has not led me down like some crazy path where I'm going, I'm not, I don't know where I'm at. I just go like, okay, mm-hmm. I hope, I trust them to answer these questions later. Right. You sound like you're considerably more grounded than I am, so I think it's easier for you to let those questions go. I kind of feel like, I don't know, maybe this is accessible enough, and maybe reading it in a trade format, when it's complete, it will seem more cohesive. You know, taking taking a month between issues and not not having to reread, and it, it would probably... It'd probably go together a lot better. Things do often read very different in collection versus, you know, in in the. It it's a hard thing because mm-hmm. certain books are you can go issue to issue and go like, yeah, yeah, I got it because it's yeah. it's not very detail oriented. If it's, it's just like, hey, this is what happened in the last issue. You you read it, you kind of understand I, it, but I would say those books probably don't have like sixteen main characters. No. That they're all touched on in 22 pages. No. This is a book that will, drast- I think, drastically read better as a trade. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just, I, I still appreciate this issue. I, mm-hmm. I'm not, if you are reading Black Panther number three, go back and read one or two. I am certainly not saying you could just read number three. Um, but I, I like, I do try and have us follow books from time to time, issue to issue, because then we can kind of check in on a story as it develops. Mm. This um, is one that I would be sad if we did not, because I oftentimes do not get to read books outside of our picks for the week. 
and I would be sad if we missed this one. It's too important. It's rare that I mean it, I'm not actually it's not that rare. I'll often go back and pick up trades and read them like that, but it there's still tons of stuff I need to catch up on. There's a lot of comics that are actually very there's good that are it's a, just yeah. You there's just, a ridiculous amount of comics, and it's any one person. It is difficult to read even a good portion of them. Most people don't honestly. Mm. I'm a buy. Yeah, this is another book that you're an imbecile if you don't buy it. Oh, now we is a dummy and an imbecile are they equal level or? You know, I'm gonna have to think about that. Have okay. To get out my slide rule. I was. I mean, I'm just wondering if there's a scale or, you know, a sliding scale or if it's exponential. Like you're three times a dummy if you're an imbecile. Mm. That's. I guess that's. I think. I think a dummy is just a, a simpleton. You know, and a an imbecile. An imbecile is like a really dangerous. Oh. A really dangerous dummy. Uh oh. They're like a bizarro. Hmm. Sure. Okay. So double buy Black Panther number three. Our next book is Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number five. Story by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello. Pencils by Andy Kubert. Inks by Klaus Janssen. Colors by Brad Anderson. Letters by Clem Robbins. We have been reading all of these. Uh, but this is the first we've read since we talked, we just recently read Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Which this is in, in that legacy. Um, are you still happy with this book? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Oh, you were going to talk to your other podcast host? Yeah, I was going to. Hey, man. Uh, he's been silent for all 151 episodes. Yeah. But it's, it's weird. <laughs> he just sits there in the corner. What do you, th- what do you think, Roger? Oh, oh. Roger's nodding. He's nodding. Yeah. He's giving me the thumbs up. I, I don't like the art in this one. Really? As, as much. That's so weird. It is weird. It looks exactly like it always has. It's it, like so consistent. It's so weird to me that you would say that. I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I feel like it probably, it doesn't seem like it's changed, but I don't know. Like, there's a thing. It's not like it makes it bad or anything. It just, just a little bit, something. It just makes me go, I don't like this one as much. Um, I, I think that, I don't know. I like the art in this issue. And I, I, I normally don't really like, um, Andy Kubert. Yeah, I don't really like Kubert. He's fine. But I don't normally. I don't normally dig it. This is. This looks good though. I like this. I like this issue. I think it. I think it just brought my level of enjoyment of the art to your level because I mm-hmm. think I was higher on it previously. But I feel like it's. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Golem suit Superman at the end there? Really curious why he's dressed like uh, Shaquille O'Neal right there. Well, I mean, I assume it's to protect him from the Kryptonite, but I it, it does it does make it, sense. It does look like steel. Mm-hmm. It looks just like steel. Uh, <laughs> you, have a, you have a sculpted metal uh, little curly cue for your hair. It's important. That's yeah. a part of the Superman that's, design. You have to have that's it. That's where he gets his power. It's got to be an S, didn't you know? His hair yeah. is an S. You get it? Yeah. It's a, an S and a more different S. A different, a different S. Um, yeah. I, 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 it, I think this book is suitably epic in its scale. Yeah. Yeah, Kryptonite Rain. Yep. Who's gonna Who's gonna sing that song? Hmm? I don't know. I was trying to think what? of. A, I was trying to. I was gonna do a song, but then I decided not to. <laughs> You're like, this is a bad idea. I was like, mm, no, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I was gonna do some Blind Melon, but I'm not gonna. Do oh dear, Blind Melon. It's It's probably best that you don't. I'm a buy on this. I I feel like it is. 
Do you I, not want to talk about this Frank Miller story? <laughs> we can, if you want to. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Eric, on this Frank Miller backup story? I think uh, I think James Harvey's right, and he's got no business. He's got th- these these colorists have no business doing this. It's like trying to apply reality to a a, a cartoon. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either. I I do think that I do think that James Harvey could do a good job with this artwork. I think he could make this look nice. Yeah, I, we are aware that Frank Miller chooses his own colorists, mm-hmm. but this does not look good. No, it does not. It looks very very poor. There's some panels and some moments that are passable, but it is not it is not nice looking. As a whole, it is disappointing yeah and i would rather him not draw one something at all than to see this how about that paul pope cover it's really good yeah all the variant covers i'm i pretty much like all of them klaus jansen and carl kershaw mm-hmm. look good I, I like the kershaw yeah i mean it's 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 no it's no pp who is yeah no one no one's paul pope but paul pope mm-hmm. but i am a buy on dark knight 3 the master race number five it is not a thing you should miss. You're a simpleton. We okay. If you miss if you miss this book, simpleton. Okay, another mm-hmm. one. I do have a question. Are you going to be buying this in trade, Eric? I think I should. Okay. I I want. Uh, I just kind of want a collection of all the Dark miscellaneous Knight. art that's uh, based around this. I you know? probably would be. I'd sooner buy that variant cover, mm-hmm. hardcover, than I would buy yes this trade. Yeah, the story is. Good. It's good. I, I like li- it, but I, right, I am I reading like, it right now. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I I like a lot of what they're doing. I would prefer to see spinoffs, stories. Azarello just sort of writing this as an Elseworlds about Superman's daughter, and uh, I mean that's um, more Carrie, more Carrie Kelly, and yeah, is, is she Batgirl in this? Who's Batgirl? I don't know. I mean, I, it seems like that's her because there's no Robin. Is there no Robin? Am I miss? I thought she was just in a like a weird Aquaman suit in this thing, and not necessarily in a. Yeah, but I thought that that was her. That was Batgirl. I don't know. Maybe you're, I'm you know you're accurate. You're correct. Okay. I'm gonna say it would be weird to introduce Batgirl and have that not be her. It's still Barbara Gordon. Oh, is it really? No, it's not. I'm just that's being stupid. It's not well, Barbara you, Gordon. Well, you're a simpleton. <laughs> oh no! You're a simpleton and an and an imbecile and a dummy. Oh, I'm all three. Yeah, that's bad. The, the Venn diagram in the center of all of them is Robbie. Oh, no, it's not good. <laughs> so that's a double buy. Dark Knight number three. Dark Knight three. The Master Race number five. Why did they title it that every time? I just go like, what? they could have named it anything. They didn't yeah. have to name it. Any- they could have just call it Dark Knight three. That I would think have been that, fine. I, I think that they did it to to play on people's suspicions to get people to read it. Because the, I mean, everyone's like Frank Miller's a tremendous racist. Let's name this the Master Race. That'll <laughs> troll people. I guess so. That's that's how you sell comic books to people is by fucking trolling them. Apparently, it's by channeling that nerd rage, the most powerful force on the internet. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, our next book is Cryptocracy Number One. I guess this issue is titled The Onion because that's just in there. It's, it's a good. Number one, The Onion. That's Number one, one, The Onion, by Van Jensen and Pete Woods, lettering Nate, Pico, Nate Picos of Blambot. Uh, I, Pike Picos. Picos. 
I, I'm gonna have to correct myself. Uh, He's corrected you. Yeah. Well, I think he corrected every single person that has corrected it's pronounced his name incorrectly. I had no idea what this comic book was when I put this on our list. Mm-hmm. I I looked at the title. I looked at. I went. We're. I I'm just gonna. We're gonna go in blind on this thing. And I just bought it and put it on our list. It was not what I expected it to be. So I don't. I, it kind of was what I expected it to be based on the title cover and the first like two pages. Well, after I read the first page, I'm like, oh, yeah. I I see what this yeah. is gonna be. I don't like conspiracy theory bullshit. I would, and this is exclusively mm-hmm. conspiracy theory bullshit. Yeah, I mean it's a little tongue in cheek about it. I mean, and it's clearly fiction yeah um it takes like every single thing mm-hmm. that you can think of as a conspiracy theory and kind of just like here it's all under a big umbrella it's all yeah. fake the real stuff is obviously not what people think mm-hmm. we have aliens gray gray aliens that kind of just do the the work of these hidden families that each control everything different continents uh it's it's not that this book is bad, I would say. Like, I feel like it it is doing what it wants to do. Like, it executes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful, and the story is well told. I just feel like, did uh, cat, cats just attack the, you? Cats doing damage to our home. It's fine. It's okay. You're, you're going to leave that home. Um, so, I was, the art is beautiful. The storytelling is very good. It is probably throwing a little bit too much at you but it it's it's got a very shaky premise you know all this conspiracy theory shit it's just kind of gross um you want to know where it lost me where's that when there's a bugbear in it oh are you kidding that's my favorite that's my favorite character i it's not that i don't like him it's that they like okay if there's is that supposed to be? Is he supposed to be like? Is that a cryptological character? I, I thought it was a D and D villain. That no, monster, I mean that's that's me. the thing. Like, I don't think that there's like if it was a Bigfoot, if that was a Yeti, yeah, I'd be I would totally. Prefer it to be a, I'd prefer it to be a Bigfoot. I'd be like, okay, I understand that. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's that is a creature. But bugbears are made up for D and D or fantasy stuff. It, it is. I, I, I am. I don't. I've never seen one of those. <laughs> Sweetheart, you go check on what Harvey's doing to our house. <laughs> um, if it was a, a, a Yeti or a Bigfoot, or if there's a Loch Ness monster in this thing, mm-hmm. I would go like, okay, or or uh, one of those. That's what? that's thematically consistent. Yeah. Oh, my wife's laughing. Um, but it's it's not. It's a bugbear. I'm like, it, it just that immediately went. Ah, what? This is not. That's not. You're doing. That's too much. Like, you're already doing a lot with this thing. Like, there's all this stuff under this big umbrella, but then suddenly bugbears are cool? Is there going to be, like, an actual, like, dwarf? Is, like, or is Bilbo Baggins going to pop up in the next issue? I can only hope so. If you're going to have bugbears, you just need to be, I don't know. It, it. This book is not for me, I would say. <laughs> I don't know that it's for me either, but I do enjoy it. It, it, I... This is. I need to follow this artist because this book looks great. Colorist looks great too. I think it's colored by the artist. It might as. It might well be. Um, because there's no other. There's the only credits are uh, the the two assume writer artist 
storyteller yeah. credit, and then Nate, Nate Pikos, who's still doing the letters. So I assume that the artist is also, unless they're doing like the, uh, Buccioletto Manipal thing where Buccioletto was doing colors. Van Jensen, um, he wrote that weird, uh, indie, what did he write? He wrote Pinocchio Vampire Hunter. Ah, okay. Yeah. Pinocchio Vampire Slayer. Pete, Pete I think that, that makes a lot of do what Pete Woods is the artist for. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I um, I think Van is a a, a solid and talented writer, um, but I think that a lot of the stuff, having read Pinocchio Vampire Slayer, it's kind of the same. That it's just it's got it's good everything on top of bad groundwork. He can take a surprisingly terrible premise and make it good. And I think it's surprising that he puts so much time, effort, and talent into bad ideas. I feel like if that bugbear was a Yeti, I'd be totally on board with this book. That's such a dumb sticking point. That's it really so, is. It, 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 I, I think that this book is worth reading, but I just, it makes me sick stuff on um conspiracy theory stuff oh god it makes me ill one of my one of my dearest friends is neck deep in in that horse shit the alex jones is of the world i'm not even sure who that is but i'm sure i would hate them he's a radio call-in guy who yeah is all about tea party plus conspiracy theories plus you know well, this friend is this friend is not very tea party but he's he's definitely got that sort of feeling that the less people think something's true the more true that it is it's a little icky yeah it, it's hard like i understand that this book is not it is totally like basically like making fun of all that stuff but yeah just having it there is kind of like oh i'm not as a like when i was 17 i thought yeah it's really there's look jfk and all that mm. moon landing stuff but i am i am older now and it just kind of doesn't sit well with me that i will say i will give this a buy with a mush meter of five and that is merely me trying to give a judgment on the quality of the work and not necessarily yeah. my enjoyment of it like i i am probably not going to read this anymore but if you are into that type of stuff or like just really zany silly stuff you probably like i mean give it a shot because it is like like story is well like well written the fact that it like goes from a to b to c and the art is really good so i'm trying to enca encapsulate all my feelings into like a number there it is i think um i think i'll go four out of five i think i like it more than you okay but i'm a buy four okay four out of five on that but Miss it's um uh, yeah it's worth some reading so Double buy, mush meter four and a half. Mm -hmm. See how that works? Yeah. Oh, I've just now figured it out. Oh, good God. I'm glad I finally got through to you. Somehow it got through to my little pea brain. Well, I mean, only one of us is an imbecile, a simpleton, and a dummy. Mm -hmm. It's not you. I'm, I'm a knucklehead. Oh, I mean, I think that's pretty accurate, honestly. Uh, our final book of the week is Hillbilly, number one. How could I not pick the Hillbilly comic? Eric Powell's so weird. And it, yes, by Eric Powell, that edited by Tracy Marsh, but this is all Eric Powell. Uh, it is a weird mm -hmm. comic. I like it though. I do like it too. There's something about Eric Powell and a lot of his artwork that it just sort of looks unfinished. 
in a lot of ways. I mean, well-crafted, but unfinished, which is odd to we, me. We've never talked about The Goon. No, we haven't. We should probably do it for book club one week. We should at some point. It's, it's, it's good, stupid fun. It's emphasis on stupid. This is, uh, there's, uh, I don't know, this has a little bit more behind it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It feels very similar to me. Well, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to, they're not worlds apart. I'm not going to say that. No. I feel like this is a little, maybe a smidge, I don't know. It, 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 I haven't read you a lot of. feel like it's of, got a little, a little more of an emotional core, maybe. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's how I'd characterize it. Yeah. It, I, I. I think this book is, first of all, Alan Moore is the main character, mm-hmm. apparently. <laughs> just, just, just like in, uh, what we're going to do for book club. Yeah, just like in Transmetropolitan. Alan, Alan, Alan Moore and his, uh, pet bear. Yeah. And the bear talks. Of course. Of course. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, do you, do you like his art? Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't think that this is the, the best of Eric Powell is, just off the charts amazing he's the stuff that he's the the, the, that looks the best to me i would just like uh, just copy it and copy it and copy it he's got that that sort of simple coloring style that brings like realism to like stylized cartooning that i just love and he's got a lot of those ec influences that i really like i I was gonna say yeah this is very much yeah yeah a lot of ec comics there Mm-hmm. A whole heck of a lot, and he, we probably own a lot of the same art books. Me and the me and the pal. Um, no, this book is stupid and big and delightful, and also kind of ugly and kind of gross too. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very Eric Powell sort of thing. I've, I have a lot of the same. It, it feels like reading a goon story, but set in the South, kind of making fun of the South, but also like it feels pretty honest. Very I'm not much. sure where he's from, but I know I see him in Atlanta all the time. He's a uh frequently at um uh Dragon Con and I'm pretty sure he was at Heroes too, so I want to say he's south based. He's he's now he lives in Nashville. Okay. Right now. I don't know if he's from Nashville, but Nashville is the South. Nashville is the South. Music City. I'm a buy. Hillbilly yeah. number one. Totally. Yeah. I'm I'm a hillbilly by number one. Double by hillbilly number one. <laughs> I uh I I have not read anything else this week. I'm behind. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know how I've not how I, I don't have a job and yet I am still behind on things. <laughs> you got a lot of uh a lot of cleaning up and not getting visas and playing with cats to do. Those are important things. Mm-hmm. Um but we can move on. Mm-hmm. To our next segment, it is time for checking in. Checking in is the Mario Show, and Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week, uh, things we've seen, read, played, done. Art stuff, Eric. Mm-hmm. You've done art stuff. I have done art stuff. Talk to me about your. What are you? What's what are you working on? So not, I can't do anything else but art, and that's that's kind of okay with me. Um, I'll send it to you real quick. Okay. You can edit out the dead space. But I have uh I've just completed a poster project for Tampa Zine Fest, uh working with uh, a local um what do you call it, event organizer here who was a, a friend of uh, your brother-in-law actually. That's how I met him. He came to my show. 
So I did this poster for him, collaborated with uh, an artist that I really like, uh, whose name is Ryan Cecil Smith, who did the typography for me. Looks good. Uh, probably going to be getting a couple of screen prints done of that at a smaller size. Um, so there's that screen print. I got back the pictures. Well, let me send you one of those if I can find them real quick. Did you buy that pineapple shirt I sent you on eBay? No, no. I don't. It's not as cool as the one I drew. I got back the proofs from uh, from my printer, Screwball Press, of my Skeletor print. Let's see if I can send you both of these at once. Looks like I can. Yeah, do you see those? Mm-hmm. These excite me. I think they look absolutely nuts. They look so good. And I can't wait to see them in person. But it's just, it's encouraging to me that I, I want to just do more and more, more and more screen prints. It's so exciting. <sighs> but that this means I have to do a separation and get printed the uh, the Gator that I sent you for mm-hmm. Tampa Zine Fest. The allig- it's a two-headed alligator. It is the very cool pr- looking. The other print that I just sent Robbie is of Skeletor and some of the Masters of the Universe villains riding around in little cars. And that's for a show that's going to be at Acme Comics at the end of July. Tampa Zine Fest is actually the same day. So I'm going to be a, a busy fucker going to both of those things the Jesus, same day. The same day? Yeah. The same day. It's going to be nuts. Um, if What do you mean by, uh, you said you have to separate. What does that mean? Um, that is, uh, that's a technical work that you have to do, uh, with a piece of artwork to put it on screens. Okay. Um, that basically, like if you were going to take a file and mm-hmm. print it off of your printer, well, your printer has software that takes the RGB channels of, you know, the photograph or whatever. Like if you shoot a photo, it's, it's broken up into three channels of red, green, and blue. Right. Well, your printer software breaks it up into four colors, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And it separates those out into those four ink colors and then reconstitutes them into an image. Well, screen printing is not like those things in that it can be any color that you want, and you can't just hit a button. You have to do it manually. Yes, yes. You have to have some kind of understanding of how to take that image and turn it into screen print art that can be put on films and then... Uh, put onto screens, uh, and that's uh, that's kind of my secret weapon on this. Is I'm uh, I got about ten years of experience of doing it, so that's what I have to do is take this alligator that I've done. Like if you look at and and all this stuff will be available on my website once the shows are up, um, so you can all check it out later. But just speaking directly to Robbie, like if you see like the Skeletor color, mm-hmm. he's got a purple hood. And that purple hood is actually made out of the pink, like as in triclops, and the blue that's in his arm. They just over, they just print over each other, and it creates a mixed purple. And that's basically what's going to be happening in the Tampa Zine Fest. That I'm going to have five screens in that one: uh, yellow, pink, uh, a, a royal color, a green color, and a black color. And those will all mix to create all the other colors that are in the image. The Skeletors are, the Skeletor images are four screens, four colors, um, on two different color paper variants. Okay. But it looks like way more than four colors because I'm using some of that process color sort of, um, technique to combine and create new colors. 
All right. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, it, it, I like, I understand how the end product, like I've mm-hmm. seen, I obviously I've seen people screen print. Yeah. I just like, but the process itself is, you know, I didn't know the technical mm-hmm. requirements. I think most people do not. It's, uh, it's confusing. I want to, um, I want to start a, uh, a side, a side business, um, doing, uh, prints for for people working with uh, artists and illustrators that i like I, I want to bring print to the masters or to the to the not the masters the masses i'm, I'm a derp that's another thing oh well no we need to get make a list mm-hmm. it needs to be comprehensive it does make a venn diagram <clears throat> but that's about that uh, all this visual artwork is not really radio friendly. No, but it's not. But it, it is a good uh, representation of how you've been spending your free time. It, it's how I've spent all of it. But you, your brother's going to be getting Overwatch soon. Yep, and then life is over. Yep, time for Overwatch all the time. I will say that there have been a couple of times where I've tried to play with you and you've, you've punked out on me. Well, it's not been many. Mostly, I, I'm, I'm, mostly I'm the punk. I am available most nights. Mm-hmm. Most nights. Most nights. Mostly. They mostly come at night. Uh, most days as well, but you are uh, you have a job, so you can't do that. <laughs> I do have a job. I don't have no job and live in my mother's basement. No, you have. You are a responsible adult. Mm, that's debatable. You're much more responsible than many other adults. That is without question. Yes. I haven't been doing, I, I've been doing lots of, lots of things, but not a lot of one thing, I guess. I have been writing with my free time. I've That's also, a good thing. It is a good thing. I'm glad that I'm nothing really concrete, but the process itself is always good. I've been playing, I, I played D and D a lot this weekend, uh, with your brother. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's been fun. Me, Hermano. Yep. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We killed some hags today. I ripped out their eye and smashed it with my hammer. That's icky. It's made of, like, apparently ha- the hags share an eye, and it's, like, glass? Hmm. It's like a serpentine eye, but it's glass. And you have to smash it with, like, you can't crush it in your hand. You actually have to, I had to smash it on the ground with a hammer. But the, I, I will, I will talk about a video game I have played. But it is not necessarily a ringing endorsement. Hmm. But it is an interesting idea, so I, I, I think it is worth mentioning. It is called Assemblance. It is on Steam. It's on PC only at this point. Uh, I don't, I don't think it would work on consoles, uh, at, frankly. It is a, uh, it is, I think, I guess the best way to explain it is as like the genre is a walking simulator, like a Gone Home or a mm-hmm. Everybody's Gone to Rapture type game. Um, although those games are usually very heavy on story. You know, you are walking around exploring a space, but that space and maybe a narrator or another character that you're talking to, maybe not necessarily like you're making, you're not doing a lot of action. You know, you're not fighting monsters, you're not, or you're not like building a house, but you're, as you're exploring, a story is told to you, you know, and that is what sells those games to me in general is like, it's very story rich. Like you can, I, I don't mind that I'm not getting a lot of gameplay because I'm getting a lot of story. In this game, you start in, it seems like a facility, like a, like a like industrial facility, m- maybe a military base. It's not it's not clear, and it's there's alarms are ringing, and you have uh you are there's like an AI voice talking to you, and it tells you to go look at this computer. So you you go interact with this computer. It's very simple menus, and then at the end of this list, like this 
end of this little subset of menus, you have one choice, and it is like a forest. It just says like a forest scene or something like that. And you pick it, and suddenly this room in front of you that was dark is now f- filled with basically like a hollow room, kind of like you know it's like kind of like a star hollow deck Star Trek thing, where like you walk inside and suddenly you're in the place, and it's a forest. And you, as you, you explore that forest, you are, then you can end a hit escape at any time and it ends the simulation and you're back out into this facility. You interact with the computer again. It gives you more things. You can, another place you can go. It's an office. You go to the office and you, there's documents in there that you read and eventually you start of getting idea of what's happening to you. But I want to ask you a question, Eric. I don't know how mm-hmm. many experience you have with this, but have you played any video games that to get a quote unquote true ending? Mm-hmm. That have made you go outside of the game to get information, like as a part of the game, not like necessarily like, hey, I don't know how to beat this boss, but more mm-hmm. like, here is an email address. You have to actually go to your email, email this email address, and after after you do that, it will get you closer to what you need to get inside the game further. No, I like I like that inclusion of stuff, but. Um... Or there is no. In this, I've never, I've never had to do that. I've never bought any. I've never bought any <laughs> game that requires instant, you. Instant, well, I've never bought any instant camera picks either. This, well, this game had like, and these are not, and these are not like very obvious email addresses either, or very obvious. Like, there's a Reddit, a Reddit user you're supposed to look up and look at what they posted. That is also has clues. Um, obviously, the internet cracked all this stuff within a day of the game being released. Uh, but yeah. there's to get the quote unquote true ending, the last ending. Um, they kind of build on each other, from what I understand. You have mm-hmm. to go to extraordinary links to inside the game and do things that are not uh, obvious. Like I understood a lot of the mechanics in the game as far as they were. Like m- for the most part, you're, the the only like actual like mechanic is that you will focus your vision on something and zoom in. And if you do it on certain objects, it will change what's happening. I don't know. It just didn't give me any, it felt very much like a teaser for an actual game. This, mm-hmm. it, like I spent maybe an hour and I'm not usually one to say, Oh, if a game only takes an hour, it's not good. I feel like the ultimate question is, were you satisfied with, with the game? And I was not, I, I still think it's, it was $10. So it's not like it's like, it was not a $50 game. It is interesting. I just wish there was more to it. Like, I don't, I, I feel like it was not, it's not clear about what it is. And I don't, I guess at this point, I don't want to necessarily have to jump through hoops to get the story in a story based game. You know, I can understand it being obtuse. That is fine. But it, it, I felt like it was leading somewhere and then it never got there. Reviews are mostly positive on, uh, yeah, on Steam. It, no, I, that's why I bought it because of several people I, yeah. you know, I generally respect, you know, like, wow, this is really interesting. It has some flaws, but you should definitely look at it. And I still think, I don't think my experience is necessarily going to carry over to other people. I, I, I think results may vary. I think it's interesting enough that you should probably check it out, even despite the fact that I didn't like it. I don't think I regret playing it. I think I just, I feel like I am just, not the, they, and they've even the developers have said no we're going somewhere with this It'll, there'll be more later on and mm-hmm. maybe that's why i kind of wish that it, there was more now um but i it's it's ten dollars and it's it's not a long game so it's it's interesting it's a i'm glad I, I guess i'm glad that it exists because i want people to make weird games like this but you know that this happens you know you're gonna get games that are 
strange or have weird things in them or not complete, complete, like they're not shaped. The stories in them aren't shaped like the stories in other games that you've played and enjoyed. I think it's just the cost of doing business. Hmm. I don't know. I have been playing through my Steam backlog, so I've been playing a lot of games that were on the, in the gray parts of the of my Steam library. <laughs> Those big gray sections where I have not installed the game. <sighs> so, Eric, Chuck Forsman just added me to Friends of Revenger. Good. I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. Brandon Graham likes the Preacher TV show, by the way. Okay. More than the comic. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not gonna watch more of the show, but I I, I just think it's not. I don't know. It didn't grab me. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. I still it, like, I still think I'm thinking about it still. Like I don't know. It really, it really got inside your little. It just got inside your your brain there. The weird huh? choices. Um, you ready to talk about some uh, some Transmetropolitan? Don't you know it? Okay, we'll move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show. Where Eric and I will uh, discuss, will sign and discuss a longer form work, uh, like you do in a book club. It is a comic book. This week we are doing Transmetropolitan volumes one through three. We will be doing the the rest of the story in the next uh, approaching weeks. We're starting off with the first three volumes, issues one through eighteen. This is written by Warren Ellis and art by Derek Robertson. Um, Warren Ellis, we have read a lot of his stuff. Derek Robertson, also the artist for Boys, Warren Garth Ennis's The Boys, mm-hmm. which I have still have not read. It's okay. That I I I think I haven't read it because you of your 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 tempered. You're like, mm, yeah. Eh. It, it's it has. I have problem the same problems with it that I have with this. I, that and that makes me curious about how much Derek Robertson's influence on the story. Yeah, I, I and, wonder. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I mean, definitely anything is a collaboration, but I feel like Alice is confident enough he's gonna create what he wants to create yeah for sure um coming back to you said you you had read this what in college was the last time yeah you read this? yeah I, I i read it uh probably around the same time i read preacher that my brother uh bought me a couple of trades of it after he had read them and he's like oh here's this weird book that what if hunter s thompson was a superhero and it, it's not that it's like weird you know cyberpunk weird post-apocalyptic sort of future not post-apocalyptic but it it's like dystopian weird, yeah dystopia is the word that i'm looking for yeah and hunter s thompson was in the future dystopia mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's certainly definitely spider jerusalem is definitely a hunter s thompson analog mm-hmm. i think there's uh, there's other stuff in there but he that is the, the obvious first comparison um how, how does it how does it feel does it feel differently from your memory of it i i like it um i think it feels a little clearer a little bit less messy i'm able to parse what's going on a lot better yeah um i feel like ellis was maybe not quite ellis at this point maybe um or this book is the least ellis thing that I've read by Ellis. Like, it's got those elements of, like, the weird futury shit, and it was written in, like, the late 90s, so it was kind of a contemporary to the, you know, middle sort of part of Preacher, I suppose. But this feels like something that's... It just feels like it's trying to be fucked up, almost like Garth Ennis is writing it. And that's that's what I thought 
Ennis was. This was my introduction to him. And it, I don't know. It's a very not Ennis story in my mind. Ellis, you mean? Ellis, I'm stupid. How many times did I say it wrong? Only twice. Okay. I, oh, I was talking about Garth Ennis. Ennis. Yeah, I was, so that's what fucked me up. But yes, I, it's not, it's not a very Ennis story. Ellis story. Derp. God. I, f- I need to sleep more. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably should sleep more. Uh, there was, I, I, I think I saw that on Twitter the other day. It was like, imagine how many bad decisions over mankind's history have been made simply because someone did not get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. It made me think for a second. Um, I, I've read this whole thing. I've read this before, but much more recently this, like maybe mm-hmm. two years ago, three years ago, you know, it has been, it's been after we had started this podcast. Um, you know, and, and Planetary, Planetary Remains my favorite Warren Ellis work. Yes. Um, although Injection, by the end of Injection, I may like Injection more. I'm not necessarily going to rule that out. Um, and Planetary was roughly the same timeline. You know, it, it was in the, it started in the late 90s and carried it in mm-hmm. the 2000s, uh, just as this did. I, I don't know. Again, like that makes me think about how much of Derek Robertson's influence is in there, in here because of, you mentioned about the boys. And mm-hmm. he worked on that as well, um, which is a lot. Maybe you know the kind of the gross out humor stuff. It, it's it's pure. It's pure Ennis. What in boys? Pure pure. Yeah, the yeah. boys is pure Ennis. It's so Ennis. I can't stand it. Um, and there's and, but but there is an obvious comparison between like even kind of the preacher stuff, like that the kind of grosser stuff in preacher to the, the, mm-hmm. the stuff the grosser stuff in this. I don't know. I I feel like it. I. I can accept it more in this, I think, yeah. just because it's like this weird dystopian future thing where, yes, humanity, like society has kind of just been overrun by humanity's own terribleness. Mm-hmm. Like our own proclivities have just kind of overrun everything. Um, and and we, when we start the story, Spider is living in the mountains. He's secluded himself and he is basically looks like Alan Moore. Yeah. It has been pointed out to me that he is starts off with Alan Moore and then he shaves his head and becomes Grant Morrison, <laughs> which he certainly doesn't. He it. I mean, Warren Ellis is a, a British writer, mm-hmm. so not putting it past him to just throw. I mean, that it it looks like Alan Moore. Like it's not even. Yeah, no, it's it is. You I mean, you, I tweet, just, I just... you you texted me. It is Louis C.K. talking to Alan Moore. You know, I don't. Louis C.K. certainly was not in the zeitgeist when this was written, but no, that. But I mean, he does look, look like Louis C.K. Oh, yes, and, and particularly at that point, that's probably exactly how he looked. Brian Posehn is literally in this book, though. Yes, there actually there's, is a Brian Posehn in a panel in one of the things that we read. There's, and I mean, there's a lot of winks and nods to different mm-hmm. current things in this. Like, if you look at the backgrounds, you look at certain characters. Oh yeah, you're clearly going, oh yeah. Um, to me, it's conceivable that he really did base Royce on Louis C.K. If if not in all of it, at least in in these first panels when he's introduced. Yeah, he, I mean, he was an active comedian. He just certainly wasn't. Oh, yeah. he wasn't like he know, wasn't the rock star that he became. No. In the, you know, the past five years. Even when did he first sell his his uh, stand up on his own website? I would say it was two thousand twelve to thirteen at the yeah, earliest that's probably right it is it has not been that long no it hasn't you're right um, the the real the real bright points of his career have been very recently and his own and then his own show which is now it's fifth season sixth season somewhere in there they're short seasons um i don't know this is a, a lot of this early stuff is world building 
You know, yeah. it is it 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 only gets to only in that third volume does it actually get to what becomes most of the story, which is his basically his fight with the Smiler. Um, the first, really the first year of it, the first two volumes are like, here's what the world is now. Like, and it works because I, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it's a very easy thing. Just have spiders been, you know, away from society. Now he comes back and now he is, he is seeing this city again, new, and he is an easy perspective character for us, even though he is in all, for all intents and purposes, jaded and cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, is do you think are we supposed to empathize with Spider? I don't know. I it, I, I just I think we're just supposed to appreciate his point of view, right? He's like compelling, not because we like him, but because he is like a force of nature. Mm, maybe a little bit, but I I kind of think of it um like you're witnessing things through his point of view and you get his take on things that it is it is like reading a hunter s thompson story except about you know real events and gonzo journalism it's about you know a fucked up fictional world right um i i don't think that there's there's no point that doesn't seem like there's any real emotional beats to where you feel anything for him um he does have empathy for people, so I think that those moments you probably I don't know, you, you 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 do feel positive about him, you know, when he's like giving the rant about um I don't know, the the Detroit of uh of this America. Mm-hmm. You know, when he brings that crowd of people and he's like, Look how fucked this is and how no one cares. There's a lot of stuff in this that's still a little too real. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of like that's the thing that struck me the first time I read it was it was written late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, so like tail end of it is you know it's set in America. Uh, it is it is you know with the president. It's very um, kind of Im- you know immersed in the politics of an America. Mm-hmm. But you know it's tail end of Clinton's second uh, second. Why well, can't I think of the word term? Second term mm-hmm. and into. Uh, George W. Bush is first. Um, but just, it's not, and it's, but it's not just the politics, even though they certainly play a part of it. It is, Warren Ellis is good at predicting the future. Mm-hmm. Or at least he, he keeps himself educated about possible future. I, I, just from reading his newsletter every week, all the stuff he reads about weird futurism and stuff, he is, he makes himself aware of all this stuff, but this, you know, re- reading this in like 1997 or 98, 99, it has stuff that we're kind of doing right now mm-hmm. with technology. And that, the, I think that was the thing that I really struck me the most, honestly, despite all the, like the politics stuff has been done before. Like, ob- like, you know, history repeats itself. Politicians mm-hmm. have been corrupt for a very long time, for longer than, for as long as there have been l- leaders, they have been corrupt, but just the intersection of that with the technology present in the story really surprised me. I'm like, wow, he wrote this like 20 years ago at this point, and it has stuff we're using right now. It has like like versions of like Twitter or social media, like different versions of social media, mm-hmm. just kind of just there. And it it is it's it, it, I don't know, like I'm sure I know people have been 
predicting this stuff for longer than this, but certainly oh, yeah. not in stuff I've been digesting. So when I see it, I'm going, wow, okay. Makes me notice. He's, he's certainly uh, a very well-informed guy. Yeah. But do you does any of the, like, all the, he kind of takes a lot of science fiction ideas and, and just kind of smashes them all together in this thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, cryogenic freezing and people mm-hmm. being uploaded to a computer and, like, gene, cha- like, changing people's genetics, making them aliens or half aliens or whatever. You know what I would compare it directly to, the thing that it's the most similar with to me? What? Is top ten. That's true. Yeah, for sure. They're both... It is very much... The setting feels similar. Yeah. I'd say that it's a lot of the same sort of pastiche of just absolutely ape shit ideas um, and just a really sort of disturbing world. I would say... I would say top ten is a little bit more positive yeah. than, than this is, even though I don't think he's entirely negative about it. I do think that, um, I mean, it's a very ugly world, and and much like Hunter S. Thompson, like uh, Spider-Jerusalem is like a an incredibly depressed and self-hating person. Uh, and the, the story, I mean, it takes that tone. Yeah, it, and... It, I was like, like I was, I was saying that the first two volumes are really just world building. Mm-hmm. And I think, what are, I feel like this story basically only kicks off at the, that, that last issue we read, honestly. Like, I, I feel like that is the, and I think, but I think it only works because we see how jaded Spider is mm-hmm. and how tired and cynical and how, like, even the, all those issues leading up to that last issue, with that, that big, you know, cliffhanger at the end. Um, seeing him horrified and surprised and then mm-hmm. and suddenly engaged, it, it makes me realize the impact. It makes, like, it delivers the, how impactful this should be. Because mm. Spider is impactful. And he is yes. the most jaded and cynical of, of everyone in this whole comic. Like, everyone else is different, different layers of apathy, but his is ultimate, uh, but suddenly at the end, he's just like, oh my, like even he is horrified and surprised. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, this means something. I'm paying attention. Yep. And I, they were, I think it's funny that, uh, Vita, the woman who's assassinated at the end of the, our last issue was, was the character I was most interested in. <laughs> oh yeah. And then, yeah, and then she's killed. You're like, oh, okay. That's bad. This world's bad. I get it now. Like, they even communicate, like, she's the most popular part of the Smilers campaign. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, and, and she's also the part that I was like, hey, it's, I guess because she also gets through Spider's, kind of his sphere of, whatever he, his aura he keeps up to yeah, keep his, people his, out. His walls. Yeah, his, she gets through that, and that is impressive on its own merit. Um, how do you feel about the assistants? <laughs> You mean the two '90s girls? Yep, those two. Yeah, Channon and Yelena. No, thank you. You don't like them? Uh, I liked them better when they were uh, the sisters in Roseanne. I I was thinking, uh, at least Yelena reminded me a lot of uh, Sandman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they are. One is the kind of the goth girl, and the other is like the valley girl. At least at first. They get more, mm-hmm. they get depth as, yeah. as, as you go. 
they're not uh, the richest Ellis characters I've seen. No. I think I think he tries with them. Um, I don't know. I think that it's hard when the the story is supposed to really center around a strong central character. Other characters just sort of get swept uh, swept up and pushed aside. But we've really seen almost nothing from either one of them. I do. I do like that for some reason. Channon is She Hulk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. At least, yeah, she's the bodyguard at the end. She becomes yeah. a bod- the the quote unquote bodyguard. It's weird. I also like that that uh, she's like several inches taller than him. I thought that was very interesting as well. Yeah, Spider's not a big guy. No, although he he, wh- he is, whoops some people's ass. Yeah, he's incredibly he? violent and. Mm-hmm. That, and that enters into like he is a like I I would never uh, this person in real life would be a monster and that's mm-hmm. kind of like everyone's attitude towards him is basically that he's just a very talented monster I think and of all the things that is right about like predictions that predicting the future the impact of a journalist I think is the thing that it got the most wrong because <laughs> I can't I cannot picture anybody any writer impacting. A culture as much as Spider does now. Can you think of anyone? Because mm. I tried, I just couldn't. People paid attention when Nate Silver said uh, Donald Trump was going to lose the election. Yeah, that's true. But I think that it's not impossible. I think with like sort of viral uh, media sharing being what it is, that there could be like the perfect storm around some piece of media. I don't think it would be writing. Yeah. I think a photojournalist or there could some be sort of artist. Someone, yeah. Like it's not impossible, but this is a story about a super journalist. So it's, it's going to be shaped that way. Yeah. I don't know that he was necessarily trying to make that prediction as much as he was trying to set up a world where that was possible. I, I mean, that's how you have to read it. Yeah. Cause obviously that is the case. I don't think it's a prediction. No, I at mean, all. I'm not saying because... he's pre- trying to predict the future. It just, it, when you have that alongside all that other stuff that jumps out, it's like, hey, that technology exists now or a, a version of it exists now. And then happening alongside it is like s- somehow a journalist that is rich and power, like, and can sway and then like ev- everyone who reads his stuff with his words because he's so talented and gets paid a lot of money. Like, I think the only journalists, like, you get, like, newscasters. Certain newscasters mm-hmm. will be paid a lot of money. Certain sports writers will be paid a lot of money. But it's generally not for their writing that they are paid for. You know, it is it is something else they bring. You know, recogni- rec- their recognition or mm-hmm. their, their name. But It's their personal brand, and that yeah. definitely is a lot of what Spider has here. That's true. It was a lot of what Hunter S. Thompson had as well. That's true. I think the thing that really is the column mm-hmm. that's like that's feels incredibly, I, I just that old fashioned. Yeah, it does. It feels very much like, hey, I have a newspaper column. Like, is it 1987? Well, I mean, it's a world where he carries around a laptop and everyone calls it a typewriter. Very true. <laughs> I I still very much enjoy. I I still enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Our my time with this, and I I don't I I. It is kind of it is striking to me how different this is from Planetary when they were 
they were contemporaries for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and you, I mean, you can see the Ellis in this, but there is certainly a lot of that. Maybe from the influence from Garth Ennis, the influence from mm-hmm. the 2000 ADs, you know, the Judge Dreads and that stuff. It feels like all that gross out stuff and all that weird. Like that's another thing. It reminds me of Judge Dredd. It reminds me a lot of that stuff in here. Yeah, because of the you know the weird dystopia city thing. And I feel like that is a lot of what all that stuff is. A lot of it. It's like, hey, Warren Ellis liked Judge Dredd. He grew up on that stuff. Um, so he probably is like, hey, I'm going to write stuff with it, like something like that. I liked it, so I'm going to try and do my version. Do you have anything? You have any thoughts about the the, pol- the politics stuff? We haven't really got into it very deep. It's it the next, you know, the rest of the book honestly is mostly yeah. about that. But where's the where's the issue? I want to find it where he goes to the goes to the Heller rally. Oh right, and Hitler is in the front in the front. Uh, Hitler, uh, Hitler, and Castro. Yeah. Which I think your I I think your your message is a little confused at that point. Yeah, you know, there's. I, I think it it's mainly they're just both like uh, dictators. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. It makes me think of uh, the Trump girls. Yeah, for sure. It's just, oh god, the world is uh, a little weird. And it, I think this, like reading this, I think reading this in like the year two thousand is it like it. You can't help but kind of read it against whatever your political drop uh, uh, backdrop is at the time. Mm-hmm. But reading this now. Where you have like the, the sitting president who is a, a much like Trump, at least you know the Beast is painted much like that very nationalistic mm-hmm. type. But and then you have this this Smiler who is apparently just like a hot, well, I mean we'll get into it, but you know we see that he is like dead inside. Mm-hmm. He wants to become a politician only for the power and stuff. And I I I don't know. There I don't think any of our I can't paint that like. It's hard to, I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't see the Smiler for the most part. Like, I think for the most part, the Smiler actually doesn't, we haven't had a Smiler, you know? I feel like, I feel like that, I don't know. I just feel like most politicians, I'm not, I do not feel like that any politician is, is doing it solely mm-hmm. some for misguided, like, you know, I want to hurt people, which is, is you know. We haven't really mm. gotten into Smiler's actual, like, true motivation yet. Like, that comes much later. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, it's hard for me to pick up if that is his motivation. I feel like we're not really too deep into it. Well, it is only, like, Our, kind of a spider is kind of, in his yeah. initial, he's just like, yeah, there's an empty, kind of, empty man yeah. who just wants to. But I, I, I think we, sh- I, I didn't want to get into it too much because we're going to probably be talking about it a lot. I would imagine if he's a very important character. Yeah, he's, he is the antagonist. See, at this point, I'm confused why he puts him in his sights when it seems like Heller's such the obvious bad guy. And I guess that that's the the shape of this, is he's setting himself up to be the obvious alternative, which is why I got, why he's dangerous. I don't understand. Yeah, it's... it's... We'll we'll apparently get into that. We will, it, but I think that it, it it that is the shape of it is very much like here is this obvious this sitting president who is not is is a monster and in spite her despises him and then he's given this alternative. He's like obviously he's better just because he is an alternative that is not um, that is that isn't having like 
basically uh uh white power uh celebrations or whatever um but i like it is very much like i get i i don't want to get into it too much because it is what's going to be but it is very much like how do you choose between these two things when neither are good mhm and sometimes you may choose something you think is good because it is lesser evils, but it's actually worse. I don't, it, it, but it's, it's obvious. That is not as nuanced as it is. It, yeah. I, I think that's the best part of this book, honestly, is that stuff. Um, it's, I don't know. Spider is just like, because I, I Spider also becomes more em- empathetic, I think. But I think I want to know if you think that too, as we go on. Cause that's my memory of it is that I, I start liking Spider more. Mm-hmm. But you know, in this first three volumes, he's he's kind of like, hey, he's like like this crazy Hunter S. Thompson doing drugs all the time and just you know having create like being violent and maniacal and going crazy and having interesting points of view and stuff. But I, like I said, that third the third volume we read with him being he starts caring, you know, yeah, and that is I think the when he with him being him actually caring about something, it makes him much more likable. It makes, like, the, those first two volumes are more about, like, hey, this is kind of just, like, here's what the city's like. You're not necessarily getting a bunch of, like, you know, Yelena and Shannon are, they're characters, but they're not much of anything. And Royce, yeah. Royce is nothing. He's just, like, a voice that gives Spider some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the, the angry police captain. He is. <laughs> Very <Spider>! much. <laughs> He's very much as you're a loose cannon, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, uh, how, we discussed Eric Robertson's. How do you like his art? Mm, no, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's not my thing. It's it's '90s alt comic stuff. Yeah, it very much is. You know, and I I think it looks pretty nice at some points and a little rougher in others, and that I don't know. I was very turned off to. Spider's character design, the stupid glasses and the the tattoos and the shaved head and mm-hmm. I don't know, it feels very 90s like alternative culture. It is. It does indeed. Uh, I I think of of that of that genre, if you want to call it that, of that style, I feel like this is palatable to me. Right. Um I am not it is certainly not the thing I am the biggest fan of, but I I feel like he tells the story very well, and it mm-hmm. it requires a lot of just the backgrounds of this and the weird TV channels, and like there's so many different things happening throughout just these 18 issues. Like he certainly like stretches his muscles in the variety of things he has to illustrate, and I I I think he does a good job in that regard, and mm-hmm. I. It it is never grosses me as grosses me out as much as certain things a preacher did. I find that so weird because this bothers me way more. Does it? Oh yeah. Okay. Preacher doesn't really bother me that much. It, Seeing him eat a bucket of caribou eyes makes me feel sick. I think it's just because it's so you know it's just like I don't have any like frame of reference for that. It's obviously like. It's gross, but it's just, it's such a weird thing. Like, no one actually eats caribou eyes outside of maybe an Inuit. Maybe, yeah, maybe then. Um, that maybe that's why it doesn't bother me as much. While Preacher was kind of closer to like, hey, this is like a realist gross thing. Even though sometimes some of that stuff in Preacher is just as absurd. So I don't know. It, it's, it pretty much is just as absurd. 
it just happens in the present day, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of the stuff, in pre- the thing that bothered me the most in Preacher was, uh, what's his face? The religious leader. Yeah, the... What's his name? The All-Father. All-Father. Mostly, that was mostly, it was mostly him that bothered me. It was, it was the grossest thing, for sure. Yeah. There's nothing in this that bothered me as much as the All-Father did in Preacher. And then, like, and most of the stuff in this, all the gross stuff is just kind of like, it's a one-time gag and then they just move on. There may be other gross stuff, but it is never the focus for too long. I think that that dog character was the thing that probably bothered me the most. It was a little more disturbing than I remembered. And I don't, they don't really talk, tackle why there are dogs and animals, like, animals are talking. His cat doesn't talk, but other cats talk? And that dog talks? I think that. People they... can't hear the oh, dogs talking. Oh, okay, so it is very much like, hey, dogs talking to each other. Yeah, that's how I read it. But then he has a he's a policeman, and there's like he's talking with dispatch. I assume it's dog dispatch. Okay, I don't I don't know. I don't either. I I do think that 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 does put a hole in that theory, but I'm going with it's dog dispatch. <laughs> okay, there's like a dog police force. Yeah, maybe just there's, uh... they gave a dog. It's they have talking chips, like they can voice their thoughts in human. Who who knows? I don't know. They don't. Ex- he doesn't explain it. It just is suddenly there are dogs talking. <laughs> yeah, I think any of these things are fine. I I accept any of them. They're it's okay. And the dog really doesn't like Spider Jerusalem. I believe if someone cut my dog off, I'd be mad at them too. Yes, I yes. You reminded me of <laughs> uh, Rover Red Charlie of the uh, of the, the 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 big bad dog in Rover Red Charlie. Mm-hmm. A lot of Garth Ennis, Warren Ellis overlap happening here. Yeah, I think so. That's not my favorite Ellis. No, I, 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 although it's, I think, it seems like the thing most people know of his. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't, I, Planetary is not nearly as, like, a thing. If you say Transmetropolitan, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Warren Ellis, really like that. But it feels like less people know Planetary than this. Although Planetary certainly had that the problems of its delay in the last bit of it. So this was fairly regular, I, I think. I don't think there was any big problems with this, the publishing of this, so that might be the reason? I don't know. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Eric? Not so much. No, I feel like... We're, we're not getting... really getting into the meat of this yet. No, this is very much this, the foundation. Uh, so next week... Folks, we will be continuing our discussion on Transmetropolitan. We'll be reading volumes 4 through 7. That is issues 19 through 42. Get into the middle chunk of this and get into the Smiler. We'll talk about the Smiler a lot next week, I have a feeling. Um, But yeah, read along with us for next week. That will do it for us today. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com on iTunes. Stitcher, Google Play Music, any of those places you like us, please rate, review, subscribe, give us a five-star review. It really helps us out, helps new people find the show. Obviously, recommending us to your friends is also greatly appreciated. You can uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour, Twitter at Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Any of those places, reach out to us, uh, tell us what you think. If you want, there's something that you want us to read in particular, we'll try and accommodate you. Uh, let's see. You can find me. On Twitter, at MixMasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to FreeWillUnlimited.com. And you can see 
most other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as EZGoodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm at MrBadExample, spelled M-R-BadExample. And that, folks, will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank <music> you.